So this week's Torah portion was filled with a lot of great information. You know, it's interesting when we read it, you'd be amazed that more people weren't stoned. I agree. He's going to say, Rabbi, I know it. He is so excited. He read it this week. You know the exact scripture I'm going to, right, Israel? He's excited about it. So I want you to turn to your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 17, starting in verse 2. We're going to go verse 2 through 7. It says, If there are found among you within any of your towns that the Lord your God has given you, a man or woman who does what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressions in transgressing his covenant and has gone and served other gods and worshipped them <coughs> excuse me or the sun or the moon or any of these hosts of heavens which I have forbidden and it is told to you and you hear of it then you shall go then you shall inquire diligently and if it is true and certain that such an abomination has been done in Israel, then you shall bring out to the gates, to your gates, that man or woman who has done evil, has done these evil things, and you shall stone that man or woman to death, with, and you shall stone that woman to death with stones. Kind of sounds like a fun thing, huh? So what is it about the gates? The gates of the city is where things happened. When you go to Israel, they'll show you areas and they'll, they'll find the gate that the people would go through, right? Now, why did cities have to have gates? Back then, it was protection, right? So people were always there. It was guarded. It was a place of, of gathering. But it was also a place of taking care of the problems. I think we could read in another chapter where it says that if your children disobey you, what do we get to do? Stone them. Well, that could be interesting, right? Start throwing that stone up and down. God would take, get, allows us to take care of a lot of our problems just by stoning them. I was just thinking, just stone them, right? You have witches and warlocks, stone them takes care of the problems among you, right? What really God is trying to show us is that we're to keep evil away. Right? To keep it out of our presence. And so when people would gather at the gates, they would deal with situations, right? We, we have one of our famous stories of, you know, of Mordecai and Esther, right? What was he doing? He, he overheard them at the gates talking. And so this is an area that we have to understand and come together. But we also have to understand it's not just one person's word. And that's what God really wants to make clear. So in the next verse, it says, On the evidence of how many witnesses? Two or more, right? Two are often three witnesses. The one who is to die shall be put to death a person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. And this is something we need to listen to today. 
you know, we have we get we can get news on a moment's notice now, right? Like never before. How many times when we hear situations, usually when it's you know bad situations, the information that we hear at first usually isn't correct, right? And why is that? You know, it's really interesting when we're in Israel and we go to the uh, gun range and we're being taught by the anti-terrorist group and the training, they do a scenario, we're in a marketplace, and they have these people that look, you know, on, on paper that look like possible terrorists. And all of a sudden the guys rush in and they start attacking. And they literally pull our people aside and you're rushing around. And then after it's done, they ask, how many terrorists were there? And everyone gives a different answer. Because, see, everyone sees it from a different point of view. And then they're trying to remember what they saw. And the point was very clear. How do you expect to get the truth out when the witnesses that actually see the events don't necessarily know what exactly happened? I remember being in a, 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 a courtroom and a lawyer asked a, a witness that saw an accident. He said, who hit who first? The witness thought for a minute. He said, well, the way I saw it, they both hit each other at the exact same time. <laughs> Depends how you ask the question, right? So we see these things happening. So we, as a society, have to be careful. Unfortunately, witnesses lie, don't they? They don't tell the truth. And that can happen. So that's why we need two or more witnesses. And what's really interesting is when we see throughout the Scripture how that comes to fruition. Even with Yeshua, our Messiah, at his name dedication, right? As they were dedicating him to the Lord. What happened? He was brought before the temple, right? And there was how many witnesses? Two. Not only were there two witnesses, how reliable were these witnesses? These were two that were beyond reproach, right? These are kind of the witnesses the lawyer, your best lawyer wants. One no one can refute. So just by those two witnesses alone, we know that he is Messiah. According to Jewish custom. Everyone knows the story. If you don't know the story, read the Bible of the woman who was caught committing adultery, right? And they bring him, her, before, the, before Yeshua and say she has committed adultery, right? And immediately he knew it was what? It was a setup, right? Why did he know that it was a setup? They had two witnesses, right? What was missing? The guy, right? You can't just, you know, only one isn't guilty, right? Last time I understood it takes two to tango. 
He knew it was a setup. They were trying to see what he would do, right? And what did he start doing? He bends down on the ground and starts writing in the sand. And the biggest question man today has is what was he writing? And if that is what you're concerned about, if that's all that you're getting out of this scripture, you've missed the point. There's a reason why they didn't tell us what he was doing in the sand. It didn't matter. Now I can tell you what he was doing. How many of y'all want to know what he was doing? Y'all are suckers. I ain't tell. No one knows what he was. I think he was doing tic-tac-toe. Right? Some would say he started writing the people's names in the sand. Didn't need to do that. But what started happening? Whatever he was writing there, what happened? It says those from the what? Oldest to the youngest turned away and started leaving. And then what happened? Let's continue to read first, though. I want to go on and read verse 7, because this is important. It says, The hand of the witnesses shall be first against him to put him to death. And afterwards, the hands of all the people. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, right? So Yeshua started writing in the sand. And the people started to leave. Maybe he was writing the Ten Commandments. Maybe he wrote... Thou shalt just all he had to write was thou shalt not lie. But were they lying? Actually, no. So that one's not it. Good try, people. You almost figured it out. How do we know he didn't they didn't lie? Because we know she committed adultery. Right? Because Yeshua says, go and sin no more. But whatever he started writing in that sand, witnessed to those people. And one by one they left. But in fact, all he had to do is convince the two witnesses to leave. Because according to this scripture, who has to throw the first stone? The witnesses. If you had, see, that puts a little bit more on you, isn't it? Could you imagine if you had to go to court today, and if you were a witness to a situation, and that person was found guilty because of what you had said, that you had to then... Be the one to do the damage to him? Throw that first stone? What would you do? How would you act? Someone is not happy. 
He says, my brother has gotten all the attention today. This is not Israel's day. But what would happen if we had to do that? It would give you a second thought. You would really think about what you had to say, right? And that's what we have to realize, realize and understand. Our words mean more than just what we say. Especially when it's a witness to a situation. Take that seriously. When Yeshua looked up and saw that no one was there, what did he do? He looked at the woman and said, go and sin no more. He gave her a second chance, didn't he? Because if those gentlemen had just stayed there, if they had been the ones who caught and witnessed her and him doing it, they would have been there to throw the first stone. And Yeshua couldn't have done anything to stop them. Because would he have gone against the word of God? But what he shows us is sometimes we throw stones at our enemies or at, at others. And we've got to look at what's in our eye first, right? We've got to look at our life and see how we're situated. So don't cast judgment. And when you hear something from one witness, don't necessarily say, oh, that's it, they're guilty. There's a reason why our system, our court of law, is set up to be what? Innocent until proven guilty. It's not just enough for someone to say something. There's got to be proof behind it. We're in a society that gets news so fast that we judge people before things are even known to be the full facts. And then when the full facts come out, we kind of look bad, don't we? So we need to be careful. That's what Yeshua is really teaching us here. Is know the whole situation. See, these guys are trying to trick Yeshua. And in return, Yeshua taught them a lesson. Don't go in a situation ill-prepared. Be ready for what will happen. And don't cast judgment just on what one person says. Get the information. God is trying to show us a great, great lesson here. Yeshua explained it to us. So stop worrying about what he wrote. And worry about what he said. Go and sin no more. The whole thing with this covenant, the scripture that was talking about, it's if there is found among you any, within any of your towns that the Lord your God has given you, a man or woman who does this, what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressing his covenant. That's the key. 
Keep the commandments. Follow God's word. That's what it's all about. If we do those simple things, first of all, God will bless us, won't he? And not only will we receive God's blessing, but we'll live a better life, too. Don't test the Lord. And don't get caught by his test. Because you know what? He knows all the answers. And you're not going to outdo them. So we can learn a lot from this week's Torah portion and Brit had a shot understanding. Yeshua gave us the witnesses that we needed to see that Yeshua was Messiah. When he rose from the dead, how many saw him in total? Over 500, right? Because we know at one time 500 saw him. And then we had the disciples. But you remember even when Yeshua was first seen by how many women? Two, right? Or he wasn't seen, I should say. And they ran back and what the men didn't believe him, did they? Thomas said what? Until I feel the piercings, I will not believe. <coughs> Don't be a doubting Thomas. Trust in the word. And when you have two or more witnesses, that's when you can say and know and understand the truth. And that truth will set you free, won't it? God gave us a very great message that day when he wrote in the sand. Trust in the word. I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. For those of you watching online or watching later, we want to give you the opportunity, the same opportunity we give those here in the congregation to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If you're watching online, you see the information on the screen. Wherever you are around the world, you can contact us and we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. But if you're here right now in the congregation with every eye closed and every head bowed, and you're realizing that you need Yeshua in your life. That you want to be set free from your sin. All you need to do is accept him into your heart. It's a free gift. But you have to make that choice. And it all starts with a simple prayer. In fact, we'll say it in support with you. So if that's you today, all you need to do is raise your hand. And we'll say that prayer with you. Is there anyone? Anyone at all? Our Father, we just come before you right now. Lord, we thank you that we're able to dedicate a new child into your covenant today. And Lord, we stand before you and Lord, we honor you and your word and your commandments and your son Yeshua. Lord, let us not fall astray from your words. And Lord, let us be a good witness to your son Yeshua that others would see him in us. 
We ask this in your Son, Yeshua's precious name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. Amen.